Hey guys, this is Pastor Jack, and uh, we're going to be getting ready to go into a service that I preached yesterday on a word the Lord gave me about bad news, good news. You know, the story is told of two men who had been playing golf together for 50 years, and they said, first one to go to heaven, we need to, I need to know if there's golf in heaven. So the one man passed away, and a couple of weeks later in a dream, he came back to talk to his buddy, and he, he said, well, tell me, tell me, is there golf in heaven? And his friend said, well, yeah, and I, I've got the good news, and I got some bad news. He said, well, what's the good news? Oh, there is golf in heaven, and it is absolutely beautiful. He said, well, what's the bad news? He said, you tee off in an hour. Amen? The Lord gave me a word about what do we do with bad news, because bad news comes every day. But you know, the gospel is called the good news. And you know the good news is in your mouth. You know, Jesus was in the boat and uh, his disciples were all upset that the storm was coming. And uh, they said, Lord, don't you worry that we're dying? That, that's some pretty bad news. But Jesus just stood up and pointed his finger at that storm and said, peace, be still. The good news over your bad news is in your mouth. Jairus and Jesus were going to Jairus's house because Jairus came to Jesus and said, my daughter, 12 years old, is dying. And so Jesus said, well, let's go. And as they go, the Bible tells us that when they're halfway there, someone comes from the house and they say, hey, I got some bad news for you. Your daughter is dead. And before Jairus can say anything, Jesus said, only believe. Bad news is going to come. But the good news is in your mouth. When you get a bad report from a doctor, they're doctors and, and, we, and we believe what they say because they've trained for this and they say the, the bad news is that you, you're going to die. But, but the good news is Jesus said, no, I'll not die. I'm going to live to declare the glory of God. I, the Bible says by his stripes I am healed. You get bad news about your job or about a layoff. That's bad news. But the good news is, my God said he'd take care of me all of my life. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Are you getting a hold of this? Bad news is going to come, but the good news dispels it. The good news of what the gospel says overrides any bad news that we get. Layoffs, famine, pestilence, the economy, just bad news. You get a bad news about a child and, 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 and that, that's bad news. But the good news is, hey, me and my household shall be saved. You know, you're praying over a, a lost child, a, a son or a daughter, and, and the news is bad. It's just bad. No, but the good news is in your mouth. What you speak over that bad news dispels it. No, my son or my daughter, no, they're righteous they love God. They're, they've been raised in the church and, and uh, they're, they're just uh, people of uh, godly virtue. That's, you speak life over that and the life dispels it. I had a bad report a long time ago and I wasn't happy in my job where I was. I didn't like it. Uh, I wanted to get out of there. And uh, the Lord gave me a word. Romans eight thirty one said, Jack, if God be for you, who can be against you? I'm speaking that to you right now. God's on your side. God loves you. God is concerned about you wherever you are right now. You might be living someplace you're not supposed to be, but God loves you. And the good news is that he said, I'll never stop loving you. 
And you know, the other good news is you've done some terrible stuff, but if you ask for forgiveness, he says, I don't ever remember that. He said, you're justified because you've been born again by the word of God. Boy, that is some good news. Good news. Justified means whatever you did, it's just as if it never happened. But hey, I just, I just pray you go with us into the service. Uh, I just pray the Lord will speak to you and talk to you. But victory is in your mouth. Life and death, blessing and curses is in our mouths. I just uh, declare today, speak life. When that bad news comes, just hit it right in the face and speak good news. Amen. Let's go into the service and see what God has to say. I think the best way to start off a service is making our confessions. I want to welcome those that are watching uh, by the internet this morning. We're so glad that you've come to join our church service. We believe we have something for you, and there's information about how you can get in touch with us, how we can pray with you, and uh, we'd love to meet you sometime, but we're glad you're with us. Everybody say, we're glad you're with us this morning. Amen. Amen. Let's confess, all scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. To tell me what's right, tell me what's not right, tell me how to get right, and to tell me how to stay right, so that I might be a man or woman taught of the Lord and lovely in his sight. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, I think when we come to church, we need to hear some good news. Amen. How many want to hear some good news this morning? You know, the gospel is called the, the book of good news. But good news sometimes you have to, because everybody gets some bad news. Anybody had any bad news lately? Come on now, let's be honest. Anybody had any bad news lately? Well, guess what? Good news is right behind it. Amen. I want you to open your Bibles, if you will, to the 15th chapter of Luke. 15th chapter of Luke. Three accounts of people that got a bad report. They got some very bad news, and uh, we're going to see what happens when, when you get bad news. Because since we have the Word of God, the good news is going to dispel the bad news. I'm going to say it again. The good news is going to dispel the bad news. The doctor says and gives you some bad news. But the Bible gives you some good news. Come on now. Your landlord gives you some bad news, but the Bible gives you some good news. Now, we just got to realize that light dispels darkness. And there's a whole bunch of darkness in the world today. But Jesus came. He is the word made flesh. And Jesus has come in every situation. He's given us good news about it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we don't know if we're going to make it. That's the bad news. Well, the good news is Jesus said you're going to make it. The bad news, someone tells you you're nothing. And you say, no, the good news says I'm the head and not, and not the tail above and not beneath. I'm the lender and not the borrower. See that? The good news. God's word has good news for every situation. In Luke chapter 15, there are three scenarios of people got some good news. And if they, if they didn't know Jesus you'd live with the bad news. The first one is a uh, shepherd. Uh, now Jesus is talking to the, the, the Jewish people, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Uh, he's trying to explain something to them about the kingdom of heaven. 
And so he says, uh, there's, a, there's a, sh a shepherd that had a hundred sheep. And one day he started going, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Anyway, he counted 99 sheep. And he said, oh my goodness, one of those dumb sheep, how many of those sheep are dumb? He said, one of those dumb sheep has wandered off. So he calls some other shepherds and he says, you watch these 90 and nine. I'm going to go out and find that one uh, sheep that's lost. Now, if word got around that a shepherd lost a sheep, that's not very good. Amen. So he, he, he's looking out for his reputation. So he leaves the sheep with 99 and he said, I'm going to go out and I'm going to find that one dumb sheep. And he goes out and he finds him and he brings him back and they have a party. They start rejoicing that the one that was lost has been found. Amen. So bad news turned into some good news. Amen. Because the shepherd was diligent in, in what he was doing. The next scenario is of a lady. She's betrothed. Uh, to be married, and the custom was that she would wear 10 coins around her neck. And that symbolized what we have today as a wedding ring. So if, she, if you saw a lady and she had 10 coins around her neck, uh, it meant that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with someone or I'm betrothed to someone. Well, she lost one of her coins. That's the, everybody say bad news. You know, everybody say, well, you goofy woman, you lost one of your coins. And so she lost one of her coins and it says she lit a lantern and she looked all over the house for that coin and she found the coin. So good news, bad news turned into some good news. She found it and she started rejoicing. I don't look goofy anymore. I've got 10 coins around my neck. Amen. So the, the third scenario is a one that we well know. It's called the prodigal son. There was a father that had two sons. And the bad news is neither one of the sons really understood the father. That's the bad news. Neither son really understood the grace of the father, the goodness of the father, the mercy of the father. And so the younger son said, I'm sick and tired of living like this. And so uh, I want you to give me what's due me as my inheritance. Well, the law said, the older brother got twice as much as the younger brother. So when the younger brother asked for his inheritance, the older brother got twice as much as that. And so the younger brother, we know the story. He got all this money and he left. He said, I don't want to live here anymore. And so he goes out and it says riotous living. It said he got mixed up with some wrong women. And he, he went out and he spent all his money. Doesn't have any money left. And at the end of that, it said a famine came and uh, everything, there was nothing to do. So he had to go get him a job as a pig farmer. Sloshing pigs. And it, it, the Bible says he started looking at the pig food and it started looking good to him. But I love this about this story. Because see, that's bad. That's all bad news. That's all bad news up to this point. But the younger son, it says, and when he came to himself, I want everybody to say that. And when he came to himself, see, we all have to come to that place where we come to ourselves. That, that's usually when you hit the bottom. Has everybody, has everybody ever done that? You said you came to yourself. You, you had to come to Jesus meeting. And so it says he came to himself and he, he said, even my father's servants, live better than I'm living. 
I'm going to go and I'm going to ask forgiveness of God and of my father. And hopefully he will take me back as a servant. Didn't know his father. You understand that? Didn't understand his father. He said, I'm going to go back and uh, uh, just, just to go back as a, as a servant in my, in my father's household. And I like, I like what happens. It said, and as he turned, see, he was like this. His father's way over there. And he's here and it says, he's, he's, I've come to myself and I'm going to go home. And he said, and as he turned, the father saw him. Now, the father did not see him visibly, but the father was always looking for his son. He was always looking for his son because he loved his son, and that's the good news of this story. And the son turned, and he went to his father. Here's something else, too. As he turned, the father saw him. The father does something else that's very interesting if you're a Jewish father. It said the father ran to him. Jewish fathers don't run. It's a sign of weakness. But daddy loved him so much. And so the dad ran to his son and they met. And the son of Paul, he said, dad, I'm so sorry I'm so sorry. I want to come back. Uh, I apologize to you and to God. And if I could just be your servant, dead. And before he can finish talking, the father says, servant over there, go get my robe. Go get my ring and go get my sandals. Servants go barefooted. Sons wear sandals. Come on now. The father is accepting him back as his son, not as a half person. <clears throat> he said, get my robe, the father's robe. When the son would put on that robe, it represented who the father was, a robe of righteousness. And then after that, he said, go get my ring. The ring was a, a signet ring that people would wear in authority and uh, you would take a, a, a blob of clay and you would press that ring down into that clay and make an impression and then whatever you put that, attach that to, that was your ring that this is a, 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 this is a godly activity. So he gave him sandals, he gave him a robe Oh, and wherever you put that ring, thank you, Lord. So now, and then the father says this, go get the best lamb and the ram that you can get. We're going to have a party and we're going to celebrate him that was lost is found. And so there's a lot of commotion going on. Oh, everybody's so excited. The older brother He's working and he says, what's, what's, what's happening? What, what's going on here? And someone runs up to him and says, your brother's back. Your brother who was lost, he's come back. He said, you're kidding me. That squirrel, 
left my father, took his money and ran off. And we heard those stories about how he was living and he's back. I can't believe it. And they said, yeah, your dad's given a great feast for him. And the son, the older son wouldn't go into the party. He's wandering around outside. He wouldn't go into the party. His father notices that he's not in the party. So the father goes out to find him. And he says, son, why don't you come into the party? He said, well, I'm hot. I can't believe you're, having, you're doing this for that turkey, your son. He ran off and spent all your money. And now you're having him back like nothing ever happened. Hey, listen to this. I've been with you forever and you never gave me a party. Son, I've always been here for you. You could have had a party anytime you ever wanted it. All you had to do was ask me for it. Bad news that turned into good news that two sons were self-righteous in themselves. Are you understanding that? The older son? I used to think he was a pretty cool cat. He didn't, no problem at all. But he didn't know his father. He didn't know the goodness of his father. And he never had an occasion where he even had to ask forgiveness for his father. Now, I'm not saying we all should be like the prodigal son. And prodigal means wasteful. Uh, before Jesus, I was wasteful. Amen? I was to no good to nobody except old Jack. That's what that means. He's the prodigal son. But he came to himself to, to remove his righteousness and looked because he had some kind of a bearing about his father, even though he said, I'll just go back and be a servant. I'll just go back and be a slave. But that is, he got to his father and his father ran to him. And the, it says he ran to him and kissed him on the cheek and then started this, this procession of having a party. I'm saying all of this to say this. Whatever's been lost, God's looking for it. The sheep, the beautiful story. And he's talking to the Jewish people. He just wants them to, to see the goodness and the mercy of God. And the sheep came back and they had a big party. The woman found her coin that was lost and uh, they had a big party. And then he wraps it up with the prodigal son about, and it's really about the good father. But you have to have the bad son to make the good father look even, to look even good. So two young men were righteous in them own selves. One had a come to Jesus meeting because of his situation and the Lord received him as if nothing ever happened. When we come to the Lord, when he finds us, see, I didn't find God, God found me. Does everybody understand that? You did not choose God, God chose you. The Bible says that. I used to always think it was backwards. So, so I was wasteful, but then God showed his grace and his mercy towards us and receives us as if we never had a past. Never brought that up. Never, never said, well, son, what, what did you do while you were out there? See, the love of God could care less about our, our past the love of God consumes us in our present and then establishes us for our future. 
Thank you, Jesus. So all about today is the good news is it doesn't matter where we've been or what we've done. When we come back to the Lord, we come back better than we were before we left. We don't come back, well, I'll go back to church. Maybe Pastor Jack will just have me be an usher. Well, I'm, I'll go back to church, but I'm not worthy to do anything. Else. Oh, no, 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 no. Thank you, Lord. Corinthians says, the unrighteous will never inherit the kingdom of God. And it lists probably 14 different activities that are unrighteous. And we're seeing them all over the news today. All these unrighteous acts, we're seeing them. Paul's preaching in a church and he says, and such were some of you. So he, he's got his finger and he's pointing, he's pointing them at people. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, oh yeah, I know what you did. Uh-huh, you were there. Yeah, all unrighteous. He said you were all unrighteous. Such were some of you. Such were some of you. How many know that's past tense? And before he was pointing his finger and he says, you were, but you are no more. You were, but you are no more. You were, but you were not no more. Because it says you've been justified and sanctified and cleansed by the word of God. Such were, you used to be this way, but you are no longer that way. You were sanctified, just, uh, cleansed. I like justified. Justified, you're justified. Well, what's that mean, pastor? I'm gonna tell you. Just as if it never happened. Did you get that? It's not something that happened and God's taken care of it and it's still there. No. When he says you are justified, it means that when we repent, when we change our way of doing business and we have it, we come to ourselves and we trust in the Lord, it's just as if whatever it was never happened. Folks, I don't know about you, but that's powerful. And only a loving God can do that. Only a loving God can wash away your rap sheet. I had a rap sheet one time. It's no more. Well, how can you say that? Well, it ain't no more. I've been cleansed. I've been sanctified and I've been justified by the blood of the lamb. So what was bad news, the good news turned it around. Oh, isn't that great? See, we, we, the good news is Jesus loves you. The good news is Jesus has a plan for your life. The good news is you and he make a good team. Amen. The good news is he'll never leave you nor forsake you. 
The good news is nothing can separate us from the love of God. We got a lot of good news, folks. And see, it doesn't matter what we're going with. If it's bad news, just find the good news in the word. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I provide all of your needs according to my, my riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You're the head, not the tail, above and not beneath. No weapon formed against you can prosper. No evil, no plague can come nigh your dwelling place. Amen. So we're going to receive good, bad news. You're going to receive some bad news. But the way you squash it is you speak good news over it. Amen. You get a bad report and it, and it scares you. It, you know, kind of wobbles your feet, but then you say, no, I, uh, I was reading the other day for this reason was the son of God manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Wow. For this reason was the son of God manifested to destroy the works of the devil. So if you have a work of the devil in your life, well, Jesus is manifested. So therefore that work is destroyed in Jesus name. You see what I'm saying? The bad news has to bow its knee to the good news. When the good news becomes rhema, revelation, that's our victory. Bad news is going to come. Amen. Bad news is going to come. It's storming outside. They said we could have hail and sleet and rain and all that. That's the bad news. But the good news is, thank you, Jesus. Psalms 91. He that dwelleth shall be safe. Amen. Come on now. See, you're, what you're doing is you're dispelling the bad news whenever it comes, you know. Well, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get a good grade. Well, have you, have you studied if you've studied and committed that to the Lord, just believe, Lord, I just praise you and thank you that you're with me when I take that test and I'm going to make a good grade. See, we got to talk positively. Thank you, Lord. I just thank you, Father, that I'm, I'm going to do good on that test because you're going to be glorified and, and I'm going to be benefited because of that. So see, when bad news comes, we need to, we need to squash it with, with good news. Amen. You just, uh, it, it, it takes some effort. You know, we've all, we've all been through that uh, with some bad news. You may be one of your kids. You, you got some bad news about one of your kids and uh, he's not acting right. Well, that's bad news. But I got the word of God to put the good news all over that. And I started saying, no, that, that's maybe what the world says. But, but I thank you, Lord, they're saved and baptizing the Holy Ghost and tongue talking, foot stomping, full of the Holy Ghost and serving you all their life. See, that's. I just squelched the bad news. Are you understanding this? And see, where's that power? It's in your mouth. It's in your mouth. Now, if you want to come to the church and have somebody pray for you, well, that's fine. But it, the power's in your mouth. He sent his word and healed them. Well, how does that word come out? Because we speak the word over it. You have a headache. You have something's wrong with you. And, uh, and you have the power. You, you speak to it. Well, it says to call for the elders of the church. That's good. But why don't you jump on it first? You know, well, I've never done it before. Well, honey, start right now. Come on now. He, he sent his word and healed them. 
To think that God spoke everything into existence. Let there be. And it says, and there was. And God said, this is really good. So let's do the same thing. You have a situation and speak to it. And, and just say, and Jeannie said, Jeannie had a situation, went to the doctor. They was telling her she had all kinds of stuff and they wanted to do some more tests. And they came back and said, you know, something's really weird. Uh, it's not there anymore. Thank you, Lord. Come on now. Good news is going to, bad news is going to come, but I thank you. I got good news. Pastor, I don't know if we're going to make it. Well, yeah, you're going to make it. Because the word said that the the virus, uh, uh, he stopped in his, he can't do anything. Well, but I got bad news. Well, but what does the good news says? Good news always will destroy bad news. So we've come, we've come to this place. We're going to receive communion. Uh, Ushers, if you would get prepared. Communion is all about good news. The good news about communion is that Jesus Christ, in order to deliver us eternal life, in order to give us a justified life, a life that's free of guilt and condemnation, he said in order order for that to be established in the earth, he had to go to the cross. His blood had to be shed, for without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Jesus took all sin, sickness, and disease upon his body as they hung him on the cross. And he did it all to establish the good news of the gospel. So that you and I, out of our mouths, we speak life. Deuteronomy says, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. And I'm just going to declare the day that the majority of everyone in this room has chosen life. The next step, what we have to do is we need to know that we have the right and the power to call upon the words of God. Jesus, the, the Bible says, speak of things as be not as though they were. I shared that with a minister one day and he said, well, that that only applies to God. We can't do that. I said, well, the church I go to, we can do that. What I believe is we can do that. Jesus, that's what the Lord did. He spoke of things as being not as though they were. There was nothing out there and he just spoke it into existence. You know, you have the power to speak life over a situation. Speak blessings over a situation. See, this is where our mouth gets us in trouble. We're supposed to be blessing people and instead we're cursing people. We have the right to, to proclaim blessings into a situation. You work for a company and it's, not doing, it's not doing really well and everybody's talking about layoffs and everything. You know why you're at that company, darling? To speak life into it. Lord, I thank you that you've given me a position and you've given me a ministry right here in the middle of this company and I'm speaking life right now in Jesus' name. See that? What happens if you're not there? Well, you're going to go down. 
but you may be there just for that reason. Just, just one, little, one little secretary sitting there and saying, Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray life right now in Jesus' name. And then sit back and see, and see God do his thing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Karen. So Jesus said in Corinthians, he said, the last time they had the upper room, he said, I'm desirous of having this with you to just establish that the cross was, you know, the cross pleased God. The Bible says that it pleased God for Jesus to go through everything that he went through. I, I, I God's given me a word for Easter, and it's Isaiah 53 that was written approximately 720 years before the cross. And we're going to share that on Easter morning. But it pleased God that Jesus went to the cross, that his body was broken, that his blood was shed so that you and I could have life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and an and overabundant life.